0: Welcome to Film to Screen, where Katie and Astrid and we talk about movies, TV shows, and anything we're currently obsessed with. And today we're talking about episode 9 of Andor. So this was a very dark episode, even with the past two episodes that were also extremely dark. Any initial thoughts? No, so... Before- so, I'm tending to watch episodes on the
1: days we're recording, just so I, it's, like, fresh in my mind I don't forget stuff. But yeah, one thing I was noticing about what people were saying, particularly I saw what someone said on Twitter, but it's, like, it's a Star Wars thing where they didn't need, like, the normal, like, Star Wars stuff, like, lightsabers, blasters, and stuff like that to make it suspenseful and tense. Like, there's none of that, like... It, they make it susp- tense, like they make like everything feel tense, like worrisome, and during the episode, by just the story and not it being Star Wars, like oh, someone has a blaster, someone has a lightsaber, like that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, I I feel like this is the darkest that Star Wars have has ever gotten, because you know like. With Bix, for example, in this episode, how she's tortured, we see, a, like, a snippet of it, whereas in the past, for example, Leia, you know, in A New Hope, she's tortured by the Empire, you know, that little droid comes in with the needle. But I mean, that
1: just... is actually very creepy.
0: Yes. um, And the door closes, so you don't see it. And
1: that's probably the that makes it where like you can tell it's gonna be like whatever happens is scary and like bad but they don't show us it but you can get the sense that it will not be good
0: yeah yeah so in my opinion i think this is the darkest tone wise and visually that star wars has ever been and this is very much a grown-up star wars show (laughs)
1: And that's probably why it's not getting enough views because I'm pretty sure families probably watch like kids like younger. Like, fam, like, parents would allow probably their kids to watch like The Mandalorian, but maybe not this. Yeah, this. It's like, it's just like, what's the reason why it's not being watched more? Like, I know. Maybe that? I don't know. Like, it's just
0: flying under the radar. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And I'm pretty sure She-Hulk got more viewers than this is getting. I mean, I'm just coming up with that, but I feel like that's true. And Andor's a much better show than that.
1: Yeah, but this is one of the weird things where we can't see how many viewers there are. Because one thing, because I think it's Nielsen who like, that's how people know the ratings and stuff for TV shows. And I remember something coming out about two shows that started airing or whatever around the same time. So the two the two shows being like the Lord of the Rings show and then like a prequel series to Game of Thrones, House of the Dragons. But because like every Sunday, it ended like a couple weeks ago. But the House House of Dragon was airing on Sundays and almost Sunday night through like almost fully through Monday you would see it like people talking about it or whatever but I don't think I ever saw anyone talking about the Lord of the Rings show but like I'm not I forgot how they got the data and stuff for it but apparently like the Lord of the Rings show was number one in ratings when like House of the Dragon was like fourth or fifth so it's like this it's weird because we don't like people can talk about it but it, comparing it like how many people are watching it is like completely different so I'm like what is it
0: what are the actual numbers Yeah I don't explain that. that the best I could Yeah I'm wondering that too cuz I mean at least we know that season 2 is coming so it's not yeah. like we need the viewership to have a uh-huh to have the show renewed at least we know season two is coming and you know that's going to be towards the end of Cassian's story because you know he dies in five years but it's just sad that the show isn't getting enough credit and viewership that it really deserves because it is literally and I've told my friends this this is literally the best show best Star Wars show I should say yeah that they have on disney plus like yeah the mandalorian great and all but
1: again, so far
0: it, this is the best it, again i think
1: what a factor that couldn't that is somewhat making it the best star wars show is that i i probably said this before but like yeah they have to hit certain like story beats and like they have to get these things that are already established in the show but if this show wasn't like, you could take, the the Star Wars elements and stuff out of it, and it's still the same show.
0: So, it's, yeah. like, it's,
1: the story's just so good, and the way it's being written and stuff so far is that you can take, like, the Star Wars elements out of it and, like, tweak it just enough where it's, like, it's the same show practically. Mm-hmm. Kind of. So, it's, like so basically it's not tied down to the star wars like star wars other than like the little story bits and stuff they have to
0: they have to hit yeah whereas like the other star wars shows are very much within the star wars universe it's kind of like marvel movies and whatnot in the early days of the mcu the marvel movies were very one-off movies where you could just watch one of them And you wouldn't have to know anything about anything else. And it would be a great movie. Whereas now in the MCU, you have to know all of these movies (laughs) and shows prior to it. Yeah. To understand what's going on. Because if you don't, if you haven't watched any of those, you won't.
1: No, yeah.
0: it's It's very similar to that. No, yeah. Where if you... If you've even if you've never watched Rogue One and you don't know who Cassian is, you could still watch the show, yeah. and I think you could still very much enjoy it. Yeah, like, yeah, there's like little Easter eggs here and there for like Star Wars fans, but it's not like Obi Wan or I should say the Mandalorian season two because Mando season one it was kind of one off, and you don't because like Mandalorian season one did so well because. Non Star Wars fans watched it, also because you didn't have to know Star Wars to watch it.
1: Also, I think another thing that could have made that like it was like kind of like not sure if this is true, but it like the first live action Star Wars show and stuff, and it was like the first show actually airing and like being put out on Disney Plus. It was like so, and like it was weird. The thing about Mandalorian was. So, when they did the panel at Star Wars Celebration earlier that year, in 2019, when they show, like, the clips and, like, all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff you get at panels, Mm -hmm. there was a live stream for the panel, and they cut the live stream off. So, if you were watching the live stream, you did not see that stuff. But you did. Yes, I did. i I, (laughs) I was at that panel, and I saw the stuff, but it was, like, they were keeping it more secret. It, it was, mm-hmm. like, so secretive in, like, what they would, what the show was. And, like, like, we knew some stuff, but it was, like, they did not want any of this to get out. Yeah. And stuff. So, that was one thing that was surprising was, like, the day before the first episode, it's, like, oh, there's, like, a big surprise at the end of the first episode and stuff. It's, like, where was this? Like, mm-hmm. before, like it was the roughly, like, the day before that. The first instances of Grogu were coming out. It's like and I'm no, so. He's a big deal. I, I think the reason that's probably the reason why like toys and stuff didn't come out right away, and people
0: were complaining well, about that. It's like they did not want it to be spoiled. That's just this baby like Yoda and, thing. And I don't think Disney realized like how much no, a yeah. marketing thing. Juggernaut, Grogu that was thing gonna was gonna be, be. okay. No, so let yeah, off tangent, but yeah, yeah but uh, let's talk about the episode. Um, so the main part of this this episode was cast in cassian in the prison he's still there and we hear like rumblings of something that's happening in the prison and you know in the last episode we saw that one prisoner and we talked about it like signing with a different prisoner on a like the same level but like across the way Mm -hmm. and this is like their way of communicating between with each other because otherwise you don't communicate at all with different levels and so they were all like talking or signing and there was something happening and everyone's like what what happened like what's going on so they find out that a whole like all of level two all the prisoners on level two were killed they were all fried we don't know why and of course Kino played by Andy Circus, So we know that he's basically in charge of his level. He's kind of like the manager of his level, even though he's still a prisoner. But he's telling everyone, hey, you don't want this happening to you, so keep quiet. Pretend that we don't know. And he's literally like, we don't know what... We don't know. And it's very... It comes back to the title of this episode, Nobody's Listening, where he's saying, nobody's listening. We're not, we're not listening Wait, here. So when I watch went on disney plus to watch
1: it like there was just like parentheses for the episode names like just parentheses i don't know what
0: that was but i did not know the name of the episode until you just said that well no i you know and i think yeah. it's um coming back to this where they're pretending like they're not listening but then it also it's kind of like what cassian's saying like he was saying in the last episode the empire is not listening to us like where. He says it in this episode that they're cheaper than droids, and so they don't care that they're talking. But Kino thinks that the Empire is looking at them and paying attention to what they say, and that's why he brings up, "Hey, we don't know what happened on level two. We don't. We know nothing." So one day when they're building, um, the parts, whatever they're building, maybe for the Death Star, we don't know. And Ulf, one of the members at Table five on Cassian's level. He is not doing well. He only has four shifts left, and it's very sad. But he's not doing well, and it's so sad because you know how they have to put their hands up above, like behind their head.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and Olaf is basically just like falling down. He's just so weak, and they're literally blocking him so no one can see him, so he doesn't get fried or whatever. He doesn't get punished it's mm-hmm. devastating and then when they're going back after their shift back to their like dormitory whatever um he literally falls to the ground and Cassian stay th- stays there with Hino while the med tech comes by and the med tech is literally just another prisoner it looks like and he comes by and he checks on Olaf and it's so sad because he doesn't want to know his name basically just for his own sake just so he because he knows what he's about to do. And he, you know, um, kills Olaf. He's like, he, there's nothing we can do. He had a massive stroke. So I would say it's like euthanasia. Just yeah. like, he says he won't feel anything. Although he does jerk a little bit. And I was like, I don't know about that. But it's very telling that the med tech says he's, he's the lucky one. He's free now and he tells kino and cassian that what really happened on level two so basically a prisoner was released was just released but was accidentally sent back to level two forcing um the empire to kill the entire level of prisoners to help cover up that mistake
1: so since you like a whole level prisoners we like let's just say it's a hundred prisoners or something Because of a mistake with one prisoner, every prisoner, like, the 99 other prisoners plus the one that got released and accidentally sent back were all killed.
0: Yes. Jeez. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is what switches, like, causes a switch in Kino's brain. Because this is how the episode ends, where Cassian... So throughout the episode, Cassian was asking Kino how many guards on each level... 'Cause he wants to know because they want all they all want to escape. And you can see that Cassian goes into the bathroom at one point and like is sawing off a pipe. I don't know why. I assume it's for a prison escape. And I'm pretty sure next episode is going to be the prison escape. But he keeps asking asking Kino, Hey, how many pri- how many guards in every level? And Kino says, Shut up, we're not doing this because they're listening. And Cassian's like, the Empire doesn't listen. But after this revelation Cassian asks again, and Kino replies, no more than 12. So he is now on Cassian's side because they he realizes, along with Cassian, that there's no way out of there es- except for escaping. Because that prisoner that was released, he was supposed to go to a different level. He wasn't really getting released. Like, although his days were, his shifts were over... He was going to i think it was like to level four or something, but he was released back to level two, and prisoner and the prisoners were like, "Hey, uh, why is he back here?" so they realized that there's literally no way out, and that's why the med tech says that Olaf was lucky because he's free now, and that oh, it's so sad um and I just loved seeing that switch in Kino's brain where at the beginning of the episode he was very much against this idea of an escape, and I think it uh, a main reason of be, uh, because a main reason for this is because you know he's basically like in charge of his level, but he realizes now that although he does have like this higher like position, I guess mm-hmm. on his level, he's still below the empire. Like he's still a prisoner, yeah. so I think he realizes really like he's not getting out so i like that and then other than this prison story arc we have bix who we saw in last episode got captured by the empire and now she's getting tortured by dedra and this dr gorst whatever and dedra torches bix for information and it's very interesting because Bix literally asks Dedra like before she gets tortured if I tell you the information about Cassian because that's what Dedra's asking for will you believe me and Dedra replies no so she just wants to torture torture Bix and yeah. anyone that is against the empire or she thinks is against the empire and so Dedra tortures Bix for this information about Cassian. And she realizes that Cassian may have been involved with the Aldani attack. She doesn't know about Luthan yet, but she has a feeling that he was a part of the attack. And she brings this up to the ISB. Like, hey, he could have been a part of it. He was clean-shaven, and people that were there at the attack said that they've... They saw someone that looked like Cassian. So he could have been a part of it. And he, he came back to Ferrix with money. So put two and two together. You know, he could have been a part of it very much so. And she's correct, obviously. We know that. So it's just interesting, like, seeing this torture device used on Bix. And it's like, we've never seen that in Star Wars before. It's just crazy. And then Mon Mothma's plot here we see her at the senate and she goes home and the driver's like your cousin's there and i'm like who's her cousin like who's your cousin mom mothma it's vel so that's the rich family that cinta was talking about in the last episode and i was like oh okay okay but i mon mothma doesn't know that val was a part of the aldani attack she doesn't know that she knows that val is like a part of the rebellion but she doesn't know that she was a part of the aldani attack so i think that's very interesting i assume she's will find out at some point yeah but um and i saw people saying online that this relationship between mon and val is very similar to Setin and bokatan you know those characters right it's yep.
1: just escaping my mind where i know bogatan and but
0: Satine. mandalore
1: no yeah it's just like their it sisters ex, it was escaping my mind like what's it from again
0: okay bogatan shows no, no, up no. yeah i
1: know where it's from now but it's just like okay we started, was yeah like,
0: eh? yeah so and i can see that because Satine is very much like mon mothma she's very politically involved she holds herself highly and bokatan and val are very much they're also politically involved but in a different way more like dirty politics whatever like you know and so i can see that relationship is very similar to the relationship of Satina and Bo-Katan. and mon mothma encourages val to keep a low profile and maintain the facade of being a rich and politically uninvolved woman she's like hey go back to just being a rich girl for a hot sec because there's a lot going on and we don't need to have more eyes looking on us because Mon Mothma already feels like there's so many people watching her at the moment and then when Val leaves and it's just a panning shot of behind Mon Mothma I was like that's a beautiful shot for one so I just had to put that in there because I was like, wow, that's a beautiful shot. Also, um, at the dinner table, table, Perrin just makes me more and more frustrated every single episode. Whatever comes out of his mouth, I'm like, shut up. Because Val's there eating dinner with the family and Perrin's just asking her about marriage and stuff because we know on Chandrilla it's custom to be married off. And it's also interesting that Mon Mothma's daughter, Leda, brings up Tay and she's like, your ex-boyfriend? I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, you know, Leda, she's a rebellious teen girl. And I wonder, if, well, I assume Mon Mothma probably wouldn't want to, but I wonder if they're going to have her be married off because she's around the same age that Mon Mothma and Perrin were married. Yeah. So... But Perrin like brings up Val not being married and she's a lot older than what Mon was when she was married. I'm like, Perrin, just shut up. Can't we stop it? Shut up. I'm like, Perrin, he can perish, honestly. But I'm wondering, I really am wondering what's going to happen with Perrin and Leda. I'm wondering that. So I know you don't like to rate the episodes, but I'll rate this one. 9 out of 10 amazing episode very dark and disturbing at points and i just loved seeing that change that flip of the switch in kino's brain from being against a prison escape to now realizing that although he may be in charge of his level he is still enslaved by the empire and so he's like no we're escaping because there's no other way out of here Yeah. And then it's also extremely dark with the torturing of Bix where she was tortured by hearing this, like seeing the massacre of people that the Empire massacred. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And I mean, this also shows how strong Leia, Princess Leia is because we know, like I said earlier in A New Hope, she is tortured by this needle droid, whatever that is and she doesn't crack she doesn't reveal where the rebel base is that's how strong she is so just goes to show how strong princess leia is just want to put it out there
1: yeah
0: i mean we also saw in, in the obi one show that she did not crack even though she was a 10 year old girl so yes not out of 10 for this episode for me i'm excited for next week's episode i assume it's going to be the prison escape and that's going to be very interesting I don't know who's going to make it. I mean, of course, Melshi and Cassian are going to make it, obviously. But I don't know if Kino's going to make it. And I don't know if any of the other prisoners are going to. So that was our episode on episode 9 of Andor. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and rate and review the podcast. It greatly helps us and we would really appreciate it. So if you could take just a couple of minutes to do so, we would love you so much for that. You can find us on basically all social media platforms as Film to Screen. And until next time, see you at the movies or watching episode 10 of Andor the Prison Escape episode.